This morning's scripture uh, comes to us from Genesis uh, chapter 9. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me there. If not, you'll see the words that are on the screen. A chance for us to study together. Again, Genesis chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 17, uh, which is the conclusion of the the Noah story. Uh, Many of us uh, have this sense or idea of what the story of Noah was about and, uh, and how it concluded, but there might be uh, a wrinkle or two in here that, that you might not recall from your uh, Sunday school upbringing. I hope you have a chance to, to hear it with fresh ears this morning. Again, Genesis chapter 9, beginning of verse 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow, that is a rainbow, in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it. And remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we come before you. Praise and thanksgiving for your holy word. Lord, I thank you for the wisdom that is contained therein. And I ask, oh God, that you would make yourself known uh, to us through it. Lord, uh, I ask that you would remove, uh, remove my words from my lips, and I ask that you would replace them with yours. Lord, open our open our eyes that we would see what you is you, you have before us. Open our ears that we would hear what you have to say to us open our minds we come to know and understand your word and your will open our hearts that we would feel its power then by your grace i ask oh god that you would open our hands that we might serve you faithfully and offer grace to the world in jesus name we pray amen i remember uh, a viral video that came out in 2010 uh it originally went out on Facebook, and then it got posted to YouTube, and now there are over 45 million views of this video, uh, and it's about a double rainbow. Do you, any of you remember that video? Uh, what does it mean? Yeah, uh, so, so this, this guy is in Yosemite National Park, and he is 
uh, it seems to be by himself camping, and you could see his tent in the foreground, and you see this beautiful scene uh, back behind him of Yosemite, and, and this double rainbow appears, and he starts videoing it, and he's talking uh, his way through this, uh, this, this scene, this double rainbow, and then he kind of walks out and uh, the sunlight appears more graciously upon this rainbow and it brightens and the colors pop and he begins to weep. Do you remember that? A double rainbow! And like, like it, he is so overwhelmed with the power and the emotion of this situation and, and he's like hyperventilating and he's crying and I, I, we don't see his crying but I know what that crying looks like, right? Like it, it's like the... <laughs> Like it's, it's the full body quiver that's going up and down uh, your belly. And, 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 and in this moment, he come, it's, it's a minute and 20 seconds into it. And it kind of brings itself to the climax. And he pauses and tears and you hear it. And he says, what does it mean? And, uh, and it continues on for two more minutes after that of him repeating <laughs> Over and over again, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does this double rainbow mean? Uh, you know what, what's really interesting is if you go and, and look at it on YouTube today, you could still watch it and he still posts about his own video. Like, like even in the last year he posted. Uh, every anniversary he posts and he's like, you know, five years ago today I took this video and I still wonder what it means. And like, uh, so, so he, he, he's still crying about this moment. Um, but, but I, I think that, that there, there is like this kind of broader question that we, that, that we have always asked ourselves about signs and wonders that we see around us in creation uh, and, and a rainbow being one of them. But we as Christians uh, have this context about the meaning of a rainbow so that when we see it, uh, we are, we are, uh, it's supposed to be woven into our very being that there's an awareness that this means something more than just beauty and nature, and science, but it's to mean something substantial for us as Christians. It's, some, it's supposed to mean something substantial for the world. So, so we don't wonder what it means. We have the context of that already, already given to us in Scripture. And so uh, we're going to explore a little bit about what rainbows mean and what the rainbow means for Noah. And, and I, want, I want to dig a little bit about uh, what, what, what is here that, that we might not be quite aware of. I think that, that the common understanding of a rainbow for a Christian is you look at this rainbow and you remember uh, it means God's never going to flood the earth again. Like uh, it means like rainbow uh, survival, rainbow uh, no more worldwide flood. And so like we're supposed to have that kind of context woven into us. And, and, and it's interesting because uh, we think that the rainbow is for us or for Christians or for God's people or, uh, or maybe that it was even particularly for Noah. But we have it, we have it backwards and, and, and twisted and contorted in a few different ways. The first of which is the rainbow was not, uh, it was not merely for Noah or for God's people. It's actually not even for all of humanity. It's a covenant between God and all of creation. Like the, the way that... that that the Bible records it is all flesh and, and dictates and designs for us uh, this image that is not just humanity, it's not just the living creatures of the earth, it, it is everything, 
all of creation is to be reminded of this, that God is the founder and creator of all things and loves his creation and that the image of God is woven into humanity and, and, that, and that this promise is for everything. So when you see a rainbow, you're not just supposed to see like, wow, uh, God isn't going to flood the earth. God loves me. You're supposed to see, wow, God isn't going to flood the earth. He loves all of creation. He loves everything that he has created. Uh, another way that we kind of get this, this, this twisted is, uh, and, and maybe the most surprising thing is, is we tend to think that, that this is about us. That that rainbow is supposed to particularly be a sign for us. That God puts the rainbow in the sky so that we would remember this thing. Right? But that's not what it says. Did y'all catch that? That's not what it says at all. And in, in fact, in verse, um, in verse uh, 15, or actually I'm starting in verse 14. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds. So he brings the clouds. He's the creator of all, of all things. When I, when I bring the clouds and I see the rainbow, I will remember my covenant. This is like, this is like God putting a, a, like, like, a, like, a, like a tack in it, right? Like a sticky note up on the mirror. It's, it's, like a remind, it's, it's like the alert in your phone reminding you to brush your teeth or to wake up. or Like, like th this is God saying, I'm going to set a reminder, a permanent reminder in the world, in the created order, so every time I see it, I'll remember to be merciful. Isn't that interesting? That, 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 that gives us a little bit different image of God. It gives us an understanding of, of how God really did set his image in us, this, this, this desire to, to be reminded and to, and to have this consistency maintained and committed to that in such a way that he would set it before himself over and over again. Whenever we're trying to, to set a, a new thing before our kids and, and we want them to learn a, a new life lesson, we find different ways to say the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes it's written on their mirrors. Sometimes it's through certain phrases that we say when we're lifting up prayers before we, before we pray uh, over dinner or before we pray at bed. We, we try as many different ways as possible to say the same thing so that our kids would have it just ever-present and mindful before them so they can't forget. I think that's, God, God says, I, I'm, I'm showing my mercy upon all the earth right now. Uh, I, I, I preserved my creation through Noah, his descendants, and the ark. And, and I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to actually remind myself of mercy every time the storm comes. So that I cannot forget. Do you all remember the story of, of Hansel and Gretel? Uh, I, I hope your parents didn't read it to you as, as children because it's a really sick and demented story. Like seriously, this is a disturbing story. Like we're worried about our kids playing Call of Duty. Don't read them Hansel and Gretel. Like, like this is, is, is awful. Do you remember like it begins with a mom telling her husband we need to abandon our children in the woods because we don't want to, to share our food with them. Do did, did your parents read that part of the story? Like, that's, that's how it begins. And then they come back, and Mama gets PO'd that they came back, and she does it again. She doesn't even, like, take the chance, like, to start over anew, right? She abandoned them twice. 
And then, and then it, it continues on, and it's like into uh, cannibalism. There's a witch that wants to eat humans. Like, let's read our children this story. Hey, darling Addison, I know you're only five, but there's a woman out in the woods that wants to eat you. Like, what are we doing? And then, so cannibalism, that's not enough. Let's turn our children into murderers, right? So then the woman wants to eat them. Instead, the woman leans over the oven and the girl shoves the woman in the oven. Hansel shuts the oven, they bolt it, and the woman dies. So now we have childhood murderers, or at least like manslaughter, like self-defense. Like there's, there's probably a differentiation there. And, and then, <laughs> do y'all, like this is crazy, right? And then, and then in the end, uh, they find their way back home, and when they get home, they discover their mom is dead, and there's like rejoicing in everyone's heart. No, like, like, like that's, that's what we want our children to feel. We read them this book, and then at the end, we want them to feel happy that mama's dead. Moms, why do you read this? Um, all, that to, all that to laugh, and <laughs> that's the whole purpose of why I did that. Uh, but also to say, do y'all remember this, the part about the breadcrumbs, right? It, it actually started with, with white pebbles the first time that they were... Uh, it's interesting that we remember the breadcrumbs, but they were ineffective. The first one was the pebbles, and so they left the pebbles as a trail, and they followed the pebbles back out of the woods and arrived back home. Then they actually dropped the breadcrumbs. The birds ate them. They got lost in the woods. So the breadcrumbs were not effective. So let's think about pebbles here, not breadcrumbs. Uh, but culturally, you could think about breadcrumbs because I think that this is what, what God is doing with the rainbow. He's, he's, he's setting these reminders of where he's been, you know, sometimes uh, I, I talked about the, the launch of this series and Make Your Mark and this idea of hiking. And as we hike, we, we, we set up these, these rock totems that, that provide this direction about uh, setting us back on path and showing others where we've been. But, but sometimes it's not just about showing others where we've been. Sometimes it's for us. Like sometimes the trail is up and back. And, and so when you, go, when, when you go up, you want to be sure that you know how to get back. And so... You set those, those, those totems up, those markers, so that you know when you face that same thing again, you know what you're looking for. You know what you're about to encounter. And I think that's so important, especially when times of, of tremendous pain, uh, tragedy, um, things that, that remind you of how fragile you are in this world are. So that when you, when you encounter that next bit of tragedy, you can look back on where you've been and see the mercy that God had for you there, and you can know that there is mercy yet for you again in this situation. This rainbow is a rainbow of mercy. It's a rainbow that is a mark for all of the world. It's a rainbow that is a mark for God to be ever reminded of his commitment to us, his commitment to his creation. Yesterday was the anniversary of the landfall of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, some of us might have uh, let that slip past our memory or, or our recall for the, the five families in the life of covenant that were flooded. It did not, I guarantee 
for the 463 families in our community that flooded, I guarantee they did not forget that yesterday was the day that Harvey made landfall. $1.25 billion of damage, 106 lives lost in Texas alone, devastation everywhere, and such tremendous pain. And yet, if you were a part of those relief efforts, as I know almost every single one of you were, finding your way to offer love and mercy and grace to your neighbors, or maybe you were a recipient of that, there are elements of that season of your life that will forever be a mark of mercy for you. Some of it might be quite simple. It might be a physical location. I, 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 I can't drive down 1960 and Kirkendall in that area and, and not think about or see the sign for Ponderosa and think about the neighborhood Ponderosa and us going into that community and spending three days of service there and, and, and think about the, the folks that I encountered there. And, I, and, and, and actually, it, it goes beyond that. It's not just even the location, 1960 in Kirkendall. It's not just even the word Ponderosa. It's actually the name John. If you're named John, I don't actually think about you whenever I think about the name John. I know. I love you still. But whenever I hear the name John, I think about uh, Mr. John, who was the patriarch of that community of Ponderosa that was all the way down on the creek. And the very first day I got there was the same day that he got home because they had uh, quarantined that whole section of the community so that no one could go in or out for it was not safe. Even homeowners could not get in. So I came in the very first day that he got in. And as I met him and shook his hand, he gave me an intense hug and wept on my shoulder. And he said, I knew that God was going to offer me grace in the midst of all of this. Some of you helped to gut out his home. And all along the way, this uh, 82-year-old man who lost his wife just a few years, years earlier was giving God thanks and praise for mercy and grace. He was giving God glory even in the midst of such trial and pain. So whenever I encounter uh, in the future or today devastation or pain or tragedy, I can think of the name John and I can remember mercy. Every time I drive past Timuron Lakes, I think mercy. Every time I see my brothers and sisters who've experienced tragedy, and not just tragedy around Harvey, any tragedy at all, I could look at them and I could know how God met them there and how God loved them there and how God used his people in the midst of it all so that they might have and bear this mark of mercy and grace to the world. You see, I hope that you'll let those seasons of your life provi provide you with those breadcrumbs. 
And I hope we'll allow others to see those breadcrumbs in your life as well so that you can be a living witness, a mark for everyone to see and maybe sometimes most importantly for you to see how God has been faithful, God is faithful, God will forever be faithful in offering mercy to you.